Okay, here we go. Sailing through cyclone season. I'm in uh, Byron Bay, Australia. I'm in a little cabin. A tropical storm has just rained down on me. It's pissing rain here. It's actually just starting to calm down a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to start a podcast. I'm going to walk around in my cabin and I'm going to... Uh, I don't have any podcast podcast material or anything. It's just iPhone, um, e- like earphones for iPhone. And uh, that's about it and, and a story to tell. So... I just let's just dive right into it straight from the beginning. We went to uh, in in I think yeah end of December, just right before Christmas. I flew to Darwin, uh, in northern part of Australia. It was fucking. It was so hot. Is uh, at least it was like thirty five degrees, sun out, and super humid. It's unlike any other place that I've been. I think it's just so freaking hot. I don't know what it is, but it's it's terrible. And Aito was there already. So if you if you if you're not up to date with the last podcast, with the recent podcast, uh, recent yeah podcasts, then I'm just gonna take you guys back a little bit to where we bought a boat. Bob, Aito, and I we bought a boat, the three of us together, and we bought it while we're in the Netherlands. It's a sailing vessel. We don't have any sailing experience. And we have the plan, it's actually Aito's plan, to sail from uh, Darwin, <laughs> Darwin, which is known by Australia again, to Indonesia. And it's a great idea. The only thing is that we don't have sailing experience and it's cyclone season as well. And it's like the middle of cyclone season. It's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, it's, you know, a little bit windy out there. It's pretty full on and we thought we could do it and we can. So we just, we're just like, fuck it, we're going to do this. So we bought this boat. The name of the boat is Lotta. We had never seen it. Bob was already in Australia. Aito and I were in the Netherlands when we bought the boat. And then, um, yeah, the, the idea was to fly to Australia early December. I visited some friends for, for a week and a half uh, all the way down in Melbourne and in Byron Bay. And then from there, I flew up to Darwin and Aito was there already. So he sort of... Uh, <laughs> He sort of discovered the boat. He, he, okay, so first when he came up to the boat, he didn't know how to open the door. He thought it was a pulling door or a pushing door. I can't even remember what, what he thought it was. He was trying to open the door, but it was mid, like this midday. Sun was out. It was super hot. And uh, so he's trying to open the door, but he can't, he can't open it. So he has to take a break. He goes to the supermarket to cool down in the AC. He comes back to the boat to eventually figure out that uh, it was just a different, it, <laughs> the door wasn't a pushing door, but it was like a, a pulling door or something like that. It's actually sl- a sliding door. You, you slide it, you slide it like inward. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit weird. It's, it's just like any sailboat I think would have that, especially the, the older ones. But yeah, if you don't have any sailing experience or any boating experience, you just don't know. Anyways, uh, he entered the entrance, came into the cabin and he found just piles and piles and and heaps of sails and ropes and fishing gear and tools and 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 just all sorts of mess and chaos and uh he started to dig through it but it's it's a steel boat so like it's a steel hull boat and it's in a it's in tropical water so it's already like 30 degree water or something and uh the sun is out as i said and it, it gets so hot inside. It's like it's like a sauna. And the worst thing in Darwin is you can't swim because there's jellyfish, 
like dangerous like life-threatening jellyfish you don't want to get sting by, stung by those uh and saltwater crocodiles which, which you definitely don't want to encounter so you can't swim or if you do uh you might risk your life so no one actually swims there um anyways he spent about a week or something to dig through all the things before i came down and then when when i came down we sort of started we sort of started working through everything together and digging out all the uh, cupboards and spaces and and reorganizing the whole boat we spent about a week together in darwin which is super cute because we read each other's stories and uh and we had great talks and we're we're reading books and we're cooking food for each other and he's making coffee for me because he's on a coffee detox but he still makes coffee for me which is awesome and uh yeah basically just that we kind of just hung out all week there was there's nothing darwin is like a ghost town so that's what we did for the whole week and a half and then um we went to uh we we packed our bags and we flew to cairns which is also northern australia but on the on the east coast so all the way up north in the east coast queensland and uh that's where we met bob and um we were there for a reason a very important reason because if you want to sail from darwin to indonesia you gotta know how to sail and in darwin there was no one like it's pretty interesting actually it seems like everyone on the boat is kind of like they're all all the people that we encountered that have a uh, uh encounter that have a boat are, are they're outlaws they got <laughs> they've got they've got issues with certain things and and it, yeah i don't know it's just like the sea dogs you know it's a real thing <laughs> I mean, at least in in Byron, uh, I mean in Darwin, because uh, it, it just seemed like everyone is sort of running away from, trying to run away, f- run away from the uh, problems, and that's why they're on a sailboat or something. So, yeah, it's interesting, but we didn't meet too many people, especially because of the season and it's raining. It's like it's 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 raining, it's raining every day, and it's just when it rains, it just comes pissing down. So. Um, People don't want to be there. We went to Cairns. We met Bob there. Bob, who was already in Australia, he flew up to Cairns as well. He kind of wanted to come out as well to uh, to Darwin, but he was broke. <laughs> he still is, and uh, which is funny, but it's not. <laughs> and so we were in Cairns, and and we met a guy online. His name is Glenn, and um, he was gonna teach us how to sail. He needed to set uh, to sail his boat outside of australia because it's his boat is not australian uh, registered so um so he can only be there for three years and he was um he was coming to the end of his three-year permi- uh, permission to be in australia so we had to sail his boat outside of australia so uh we're there we're hanging out we're all together the three of us we're having a good time we we talk about everything we talk about the dangers we we talk about you know, also we had a had a talk before, so we talked about <clears throat> we um we we were aware of the dangers, especially because the night two nights or the night before I flew to Darwin, I had a talk with someone who had encountered some serious dangers and some serious like life threatening situations on his sailing boat going through cyclone season. And for me that conversation felt a lot like uh, he was pulling me out of my dream because he, he really warned us and he was like because we asked him initially to come and sail sail to uh, Indonesia with us um, but um, he 
he didn't want to. And then when we saw each other, he explained us why and what had happened to him in the past and then why he doesn't want to do that trip and why he sort of recommends us not to do it because it can be so dangerous and, and sort of like storms and everything can appear out of nowhere. And, um, but we were so determined. And I think one, one big thing was because Aito has to be back in April uh, coming April this year in the Netherlands and um, we sort of we didn't really have another option like we couldn't wait until April that's uh, when the when the cyclone season stops and and when the weather settles down and it becomes nicer and more enjoyable to sail as well we're just like you know what it's four days or like three days maximum out at open sea and then we're close to the islands of Indonesia and there's it's going to be much more much calmer over there so we just have to smash out three days and then we're good, we're safe. So we're in our head, we're like, this is a great idea. Like if we just keep an eye out on life, like weather forecast and everything, and it's all going to be fine. But he really warned us. And um, he was like, you know what? I think it's a terrible idea. And um, he explained why and, and explained some stories. So when we were together in Cairns, the three of us, we sat down and we talked about, you know, okay, guys, like, this is um, something else than what we usually do because we like to go like surfing or, or ride motorbikes, like dirt bikes. Uh, we went to Africa as well on a dirt bike trip. And it's very different if you're doing those things because it's very individual. And, and if uh, you make a decision, it's not going to have any consequences. I mean, most of the time, it's not going to have any consequences for the rest of the group or for other people, or for your friends. Um, but in this case, on a sailing boat, it's like if we make a decision, it's going to have, or if one person makes a certain decision, it's going to have consequences for everyone on that boat. So we just wanted to be clear and talk about like, okay, these are, um, these are the things that, or like this is the situation and like how do we all feel about it? it how do we all feel about it? And, and are we all feeling comfortable? And then we agreed on, the importance of communication and that it would be very important for us all to communicate well because in Africa it was really hard sometimes like especially when you struggle and when you sort of go back to get straight back to your basic needs where you're like hungry and and hot or cold and you're thirsty and you sleep deprived and all those things and and then like the smallest things can trigger you so we sort of we sat down and we reflected back on Africa and then we're like, okay, how, what can we learn? Like what, what are the lessons we can extract out of that time? And how can we, um, how can we make better decisions this, this time? And how can we work together in a better way? So we agreed on that. We would talk, communicate and make better decisions this time. And uh, listen to each other, especially. That's the most important thing without trying to push each other. Because if it's like, I want to do this and I think this is a great idea. And Bob goes like, nah, man, fuck you. I think it's a terrible idea. And we're going because everyone is on my side, obviously. <laughs> everyone is on my side. And then Bob's like, well, I can't get off the boat. So, And then if that idea was a terrible idea, then I can never sort of make that up to Bob either. You know, especially if he feels like he's going to die or something like that would be not an ideal situation to have in your friendships <laughs> and in life in general so we agreed on that and then the, the night after we had a night out we had some food and everything and and walked through town and then later we met glenn glenn is uh the fucking he's a pirate man he's a real pirate 
and we met him online. Um, we uh, he he picked us up. We we went to his boat, um, stayed at his boat for the night. The day after, we went straight to like back. Oh, something else. Where when Aito and I were at the airport, we um, we got a call from Glenn, or a few days actually. No, sorry. A few days before we're... Oh, no, this is going to be a too long story. Fuck it. I'm actually skipping this story. It doesn't matter. It was, it was going to be canceled. And then we're like, fuck it. We're coming anyways. And then at the moment we're at the airport, Glenn calls on us and he's like, fuck it, guys. I can actually made it. Let's go. We're going to be sailing in two days. Like, we're going to smash this out. So he really... He was determined to leave as soon as he could. So uh, we went to bed, we slept on his boat, woke up the day after and we started smashing it out. First, we went to one of his mates and he had to fix up an old fucking clown car. Uh, is it, I don't know, <laughs> like nearly falling apart, but it's kind of a funny car, like somehow it still drives, but it wasn't, it wasn't driving. So he had to fix it. And then once it, once it was fixed, we had that car and we had a rental car. So we had two cars and, we did that, and then we uh, drove around town. And to pick up to pick up heaps of stuff and buy things. Apparently, you need tons of things on boats, and uh, <laughs> so we just bought. We just kept buying, 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 buying groceries. And Australia is so expensive; just spending money, spending money, spending money until we got it all. The day after, we had a little more preparations to do, fix the boat a little bit, and then in the afternoon, we're finally ready to leave. So uh, we take off, we leave, and it's kind of like, it's kind of sweet sailing. He calls it, it's like, okay, boys, we're sailing. This is champagne sailing. Like, it's good, it's sweet, it's lovely. The sun is up, all of this and that. And I reckon three hours later, he looks up and he goes like, you see that over there? That's a squall. And we're like, what the fuck is a squall? And he was like, yeah, a squall is like a localized, like a local, um, um, like a local storm. And uh, it's, it's very short. It's, you can see it on the horizon. The horizon is like all blue or usually gray, like white with, with, with the clouds and everything. And then there would be one part that's black, like it's dark. And it's very located. Uh, it's very local, localized, whatever. You get it. <laughs> and, um, and it either blows the air out or it sucks the air in. So sometimes it's like the air, like a squall would be on your right hand and, and the air would be coming from your, from your left. But it's actually this squall sucking in the air. Anyways, we learn all like a bunch of those things and um, it's pretty full on. Uh, the first one, I think it was like 30 knots. 30 knots is like, I think it's seven, it's wind force seven. It gets pretty serious, especially for non-sailors. And we're all like, whoa, man, fuck, that's windy. And we had just learned how to sail, how to like put up the sails and everything and winch, winch, a, sail, winch a sail and like reef a sail. Reefing is when you d decrease the size of the sail. So when it starts blowing really hard and you reef the sail in, so you, um, uh, so you decrease the size and you catch less wind, you know, otherwise you're going to heave or you're going to fucking capsize and that's no bueno. So, um, anyways, the storm, I can't even remember, oh shit, why can't I remember, the first day it was hectic, and then we anchored, we tried to anchor at 9 somewhere, but we couldn't, uh, we couldn't find anchorage, so we kept going until 3 at night, at like 3 a.m. in the morning, and we're all beat, once we anchored, we all fell asleep straight away, the day after we woke up, the morning was, first it was motor sailing a little bit, because there's not a lot of wind, and then 
we brought it, then the wind came out a little more, and then it was champagne sailing, I was sweet too, and then all of a sudden, it got fucking hectic, like, the, there was, an, there is, I think we had like, we hit like five schools, and the last one was, the last one was so intense, it was like up, up to about 40, I think that, that one was 38 knots or something, and it's just blowing its guts out, and, and, Glenn is screaming at us like what we have to do and pointing to systems and he's like all out and we're running and flying around and, and supporting each other because it's like get the out hole in for example and we're like and then like Bob get the fucking out hole in and Bob's like what is the out hole and then <laughs> he can't really he can't really help because he's on the he's on the he's on the helm like he's he's steering the boat and uh, then I told her I would be like flying over. It's this line, grab this line, and it's like fuck, I forget a winch handle, and it's like oh no. And I told flies in with his winch handle, like bro, here you go, winch it in, and pop, pop, pop. This is hectic, and at some point is like the dinghy. For the ones who don't know, the dinghy is the dinghy is a small like the small boat, so like a little aluminium or rubber boat. Uh, with an outboard motor <laughs> you get the idea right so to get off your sailing boat and get on land anyways the dinghy is on on the front of the deck and uh, it's untied so so the uh, just the ropes untied and the and the dinghy was was uh, wasn't attached to the the deck anymore basically and the swell was just bouncing the deck up and down and the dinghy was flying around and Glenn was like fuck the dinghy boys we gotta we gotta do the dinghy we gotta tie it back up and Ito and I we had been practicing knots uh, in at, at when we're on the boat and it's actually really funny because I blindfolded Ito and the lady he blindfolded me he had to do a knot like we had to practice knots and then meanwhile I was shaking him around and pushing him and everything like pretending like there would be a fucking storm kind of joking like we're in a fucking cyclone <laughs> and, and now he and then he did the same with me and then that morning with this like all these squalls and all these local storms and whatnot uh we we had practiced a few a few nuts uh like like for an hour straight and then he, and then Glenn was like, the dinghy boys, let's, you gotta tie the dinghy up, blah, blah, blah. So he screamed at us and he was like, Bob, keep an eye out on the boys, you boys, I tell Renzo, get up the deck, fix the fucking dinghy, three points of contact, this and that. So we run up and we're without any safety, safety awareness, like no safety vest, no nothing. We just in our board shorts, we, we run up to the deck, up to the dinghy and it's like, fuck and we try to we we lift the dinghy back up like back in into its place we get the ropes and we <laughs> and we sort of like we hold on for dear life and and we're trying to do the ro the the proper knots and everything and it's cream to ice cream and Ito is like Ito! while we're bunching up and down and slamming through the slamming through the swell and 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 the wind and everything we're like what knots and Ito is just 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 the one the one and then you're like Okay, I had no idea which knot was the one, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just do something." And somehow, magically, it was a perfect knot. And then we came together, and we had to do a few knots, and it was such awesome, like aligned teamwork together. And we we tied up the dinghy, and it was it was just it was just sweet. And we run back, and we as we go back, we had to look at each other. We're like, "Whoa, man, this is sick! What the fuck are we doing?" And then we get back into the cockpit and 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 chill down. And I think the legends say that the dinghy is still tied up. You know, like it was a proper, it was a, it was a proper job.
anyways so um, we sailed through all the storms and um, I can't I'm trying to remember what what happened after I think I, I reckon we we were trying to find anchorage and again we couldn't oh yeah we couldn't and I can't yeah, there is just a few things at play like the boat was in not so great conditions to say the least like it was in pretty bad conditions actually um so um so we we had a few issues and I, I can't remember what it was i actually wrote it down so if you want to read the article if you i wrote a blog about it as well an article you go down to renzo kasuk first name last name dot com you scroll down the page because I took it down for my articles. So you scroll down the page and there, there is like in the footer, there is a, there is a, a, a subtitle called links. And then in like in one of the, one of those links is a little, there is a, there is a, a link <laughs> to the travel journal. If you go travel journal, then there is all like journals from the travels and trips. And then this one's called sailing through cycling season. And it's a little more detailed, uh, but I just wanted to go for a podcast because I can tell it with passion and, and with joy and with love and all of that. Anyways, let's continue. So we anchored up the boat. We were all fucking, we were drained. It was a lot of hard work. Um, went to, we just crashed. Went to bed, crashed. Woke up the day after, got our shit together. And then it was the 31st or the 30th. I th- or the 31st, one, it doesn't matter, one of those days. From there we flew to, hang on, <clears throat> just need a little bit, a little sip of liquids. <sighs> okay, so from there we went to a lizard island uh, that we found a navigation, like a navigation area. We didn't have any, any, any connection or anything, phone reception, nothing, it was just navigation. And then there was, Glenn had heard of an island called Lizard Island. It was an outer reef island and you're meant to be able to, to swim there because all the islands in the reef, oh, hence, we're going through the, um, <laughs> through the Great Barrier Reef. So, um, yeah, there's loads of, like, sea, uh, also over there, there's loads of salt, uh, saltwater crocodiles and, and, and sharks and, and other sea life, jellyfish, this and that, that want to eat you and kill you and... Yeah, it's not so nice. So you can't really swim. Um, so we were sailing to Lizard Island, and um, we pull up to Lizard Island. We found the place. I'm, I don't sound so excited, but I, we were actually really excited to get to Lizard Island. And we we're like, "Fuck yeah, Lizard Island!" <laughs> we pull up in the bay, jump in the dinghy. Found out the dinghy had a leak, so it it didn't really hold its air. It was deflating. Doesn't matter. We still jump in the dinghy. We drive it to land, got, got on land, and there's a few people, talked to a few people, but they were all kind of hanging out. It was like a, it's like a remote island, like there's not much going on. We asked some people, like, can we swim here, this and that, and they were like, oh, yeah, probably, we swim here. Uh, they would have a more Australian accent, like, he ain't no worries, mate, we swim here, fuck it, something like that. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we swim, we swim, and then got on the island, we... Uh, there was like a big mountain, like a massive boulder. So we climbed over the boulder. Then there was the fucking most humongous lizard. Two actually, they were scary. It's like Komodos, like in, in Indonesia, but then like half the size of a Komodo because a Komodo would actually be really scary. But these were already scary enough. And then we found out that's why it's called Lizard Island. 
<laughs> so then we continued our journey toward the other side of the island and we, then we realized it's a luxury resort there was all like rich people and everything and there was a reception and we we're like three or like a four we, i mean glenn bob ito and i were four hobos like lost pirates or sailors we have terrible clothes it's all like stink stinky and dirty and everything and wet or and um and we walk to the reception and we go like, hey, is there any phone reception here? Because uh, we need to make a few calls and check the weather, this and that. And they kind of just told us to fuck off and go go walk up to the mountain and try a phone reception there, which is complete bullshit. We found out later. It's not true at all. He just didn't want us there. So uh, we leave and we find some other people and they had wisdom to share with us. And they go like, yeah, well, there is a bar here and it opens at five. This was actually uh new year's eve so we're in december 31st so and they're like yeah well there's a bar and it opens at uh uh it opens at at 5 p.m and uh there's phone reception there so we're like all sweet yeah happy as larry we get back to the boat and we go free diving a little bit and having fun playing the water and tickle each other's balls and everything it's all great we jump back on the boat and then we sail it to the other side of the island hit another fucking squall and then had to go through a channel which we couldn't even really figure out how deep it was so we went through all these sketchy rocks and everything to get into the bay on the other side of the island where it was more protected then we all we were all so dead we all we all kind of crashed woke up at seven or something it's like okay let's go out if it might not be fun let's just check out the bar and 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 see if we have fun like just just enjoy it and uh go for some food and yeah we'll see what we, we do so went to the bar we took the dinghy and then got on onto the beach parked the dinghy on the beach then wanted to figure out where the bar was and we kind of had a rough idea and then we had a then we so we had to go through like jungle like or wood just like a trek or a trail through the woods and then we ended up on this uh landing landing area so it's like only small airplanes that that land that can land there so like private jets and everything and we're like sweet so we walked over the landing area and we walked down to into the bar and we went to sit down have some food and everything and then at about i think nine or ten or something all the island all the workers of the island which is like it's there's like 100 workers or something of the on the island and they're all like backpackers and young people and adventurous people and outdoorsy and they're all so fun they were all they all finished work so they all came down to the bar at night and we had the most awesome night it was so much fun uh i'm gonna save the details but uh yeah we didn't get arrested which was great mom will be proud we didn't leave no single trails behind <laughs> and the day after i turned out we crashed at the beach and uh so so bob bob and glenn had left earlier and we weren't done partying yet so they left at 3 3 a.m or something and we kept going until the, the island was absolutely dead we frolicked around the island for the rest of the night and then we uh actually had it take um needed an escort of a um of a golf cart to get to the other side of the island so we got to the other side of the island and then we crashed on the beach in so i crashed in some random dinghy and i woke up with him wearing a fucking wearing a pirate hat 
it's the funniest moment ever it felt like Pirates of the Caribbean because I woke up and I was like where am I and I see him walking around with his stick over the beach and I was like full bright out with the sun had come up and and he's wearing his pirate hat and he goes like why and I go like hey bro it's like how we're we gonna get back to the boat and then it's like and then we thought we saw Glenn on the boat we tried to wave and everything but the boat was pretty far out so uh, he didn't respond and he didn't even see us and he probably wasn't even there. Anyways, uh, we found, found some other guys and we're like, hey, can we get your ride to the, back to our boat? It's over there. And they were like, oh, yeah, um, no worries. They were definitely not as excited as we were. Anyways, they brought us back to the boat and then we, Bob and Glenn were already, uh, all ready. And then it was 7 a.m. and we set sail again. We raised the anchor and left back through the sketchy channel but this time was just motoring no dramas no squalls or anything went back through the sketchy uh, channel and continued sailing and then glenn was like okay guys we're um ah i didn't even tell you the plan yet i mean if you listen to the 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 recent podcast you know the plan but if you haven't then you don't know the plan so the plan was to go from uh we were we were gonna sail on glenn's boat from uh cairns around the tip of australia uh so we we would come from underneath papua new guinea back to like back to the west to darwin like west, northwest i mean it's north but it's more west <laughs> whereas cairns is more east so we we would sail around the tip on the uh, on there through uh, on there and like through the tip of australia and uh, the southern southern tip of uh, papua new guinea and then sail to our boat in Darwin. Initially, Glenn told us it was going to be like uh, 10 days or nine days. He wanted to do it in nine days, less if possible, but he would say it would take maximum nine days. So sweet. We're already in, just just like, just to note, we were already, already in four days and we had like, we had left, we were just so close to Cairns still that we hardly haven't even we hardly even had left Jesus what is this what what am I trying to, what sentence am I trying to 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 make build create oh my god <laughs> <laughs> anyways it felt like we had hardly left Cairns there we go so uh we're just so close to Cairns still like we weren't even ne- coming near the tip yet so we leave Lizard and we had an awesome time, awesome, par- awesome party and everything. And Glenn was like, all right, boys, just to let you know, from here, it's just going to be continuous sailing. We're not going to anchor up at night. We're going to sail, uh, sail through day and night. We're going to have shifts. So we, we, we all had a shift, like a, a watch. Uh, we're four people, so it's three-hour watches, two watches in uh, a, tw- a 24-hour cycle. So I had a 12 to 3, I reckon, yeah, 12 to 3. So, uh, uh, our watch so from 12 uh, in the afternoon to 12 in the uh, in the afternoon <laughs> 3 in the afternoon and at night well that's pretty self-explanatory anyways it's a pretty sweet sweet time because the night sales are awesome and during that time of the day uh, it's pretty nice too because it's usually a little calmer in the mornings and the early afternoon and later in the afternoon we kind of all have to be together and all smash out and work our way through storms and everything but i'll get there anyways he's like we just gotta continuously go um because otherwise we're never gonna make it so uh champagne sailing again in the morning early afternoon champagne sailing as well 
it's like 4 a.m. Uh, 4 p.m. and and squalls and storms start hitting us like from 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 the right, from the left, from port side, from from starboard side, from this, from the stern, from the bow. Yeah, yeah, throwing in some sailing terms. Um, so all around and and we hit the craziest. We hit I think we hit 40 knots there and like some serious storms and the so the mainsail had a like a in must reefing system which means that the reefing which is to degrees the sail is like it's a roll up like a furling up uh furling <laughs> furling up uh system inside of the mast so it rolls up inside of the mast you probably get it now by now so if we have to reef in the mainsail so yeah there's two sails there's a there's a head sail which is in the front and the main sail which is the driver sail which is like the biggest one and then the mainsail, to reef it in, one person has to jump on the deck, up to uh, run up to the mast, get a winch handle, and winch in the in the sail, uh, winch in the, like reef in the sail on the deck. So we hit this crazy storm, and we're kind of unprepared. And Glenn's like, "Oh, there's a squall coming, this and that. Like, pay attention to it. Like, see what's gonna happen." Blah, blah, blah. It's gonna close the window because all these animals outside they're they're distracting me a little bit Uh, (laughs) anyways so uh we were very unprepared and and this storm hits and uh i gotta go up the the i gotta go up the uh, the deck to reef in the mainsail and i'm trying to reef but i can't it's it's sort of it gets stuck it's jammed in in the in the in the sail it's jammed in the mast and it just starts like it starts storming like fucking crazy and i'm just there still no safety awareness no safety vest no any clue of what i'm doing in my board shorts and i'm up the reef and i can't get it in and the boat is healing like like no like (laughs) it's gonna say some spanish terms but it doesn't make sense makes sense so the 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 boat was healing so bad and i look up and all i see is just water and i'm holding on for fucking dear life and all i think about is i gotta breathe this thing in because this is not good and then the boy's screaming and then and then glenn is like bob release the out hole so he releases the out hole so the all the tension gets off the uh, gets off comes off the sail and and some the other sail is released as well to release tension and i reef it in it's like pop, 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 and the boat starts going all way all directions and everything <laughs> and anyways it made it and this happened another like three times later or something and every time i'm up the mast i'm i'm just like like talking to myself like what am i doing and okay you can do this you can do this like when i snowboard or something i like to talk to myself as well and nobody can hear you and it's very it, it's very it it's very helpful <laughs> to calm yourself down to just talk to yourself or or cheer yourself off or up or push yourself like anyways so uh we're we're trying to find anchor again like anchorage again it's in the middle of the night it's later that day and and uh, but we can't we can't find anchorage and and we hit another storm in the middle of the night it's dark and we're like bob is is i don't know he's working on the on the mainsail with one particular line it doesn't really matter all these sailing terms and i go like oh you can do a little bit more you can do a little bit more yeah bob no worries you can do a little bit more and he goes and bang and the line releases and the mainsail just flies like slams in through uh through the wind and everything and slams into the boat and everything and 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 we have no mainsail anymore and there's a lot of currents and we're in a 
we're in the Great Barrier Reef. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a minefield of reefs and islands and everything. And, uh, and other boats. And so we, uh, we struggled there. We had an anchor up. Oh, no, 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 no. We weren't looking for anchorage because we're going to go through all, the, all night. Uh, anyways, because this happened, we had to go for anchorage. So we go, for, we go anchor up somewhere. We, we go back to bed. Or we go to bed, wake up in the morning, fix everything. We have one spare line, which is, which is great. We fix the line and we continue our journey, uh, our, journey our, uh, our trip. Um, anyways, the coming days were pretty full on. I think um, loads of storms and everything. And, and, and funny, like just awesome, funny moments like insiders. And we had moments where it was champagne sailing and we're playing cards and we're enjoying chats and you know we're having fun and other moments where it's just fighting through storms and everything we're all getting really tired because um, we're all sleep deprived we don't sleep enough especially i didn't i really 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 love the night sails though because some nights it's just when especially when the moon sets uh, or the moon goes down, moon sets, I don't know if that's good English, but um, then uh, the whole Milky Way would appear and there would be like bioluminescent light, so which is like the light, like the bioluminescent plankton would be leaving a whole trail behind the boat and it's such a profound, like peaceful moment because it's calm, it's beautiful, Everyone is asleep, so you sort of have a moment for yourself. You're too too tired to think about anything really, and you're you're so present. You're so in the moment, and these were my favorite moments. And especially certain times, what I really enjoyed was like was the commander like working together, like the teamwork. I was trying to say a word that's really hard to pronounce. So, like the teamwork, and um, you know. In, in so many different ways we work together as a team like sometimes you're really tired and then you make a coffee for each other or you sort of you take each other's watch to let the other person get some rest or other times like in the middle of the night because we're going I didn't tell you we're going through the wind we had wind in our nose so all this time we were just tacking and tacking and tacking and tacking is when you've got so you've got wind on one side of so you can't go straight into the wind like that's I really hope you understand that. Otherwise, this whole, like you should probably stop listening to the whole podcast because otherwise you wouldn't get anything I'm saying anyways. So a sailboat can't sail straight into the wind. Okay, that's, I hope that's clear. So, and then, so you got to zigzag your way up. So if you've got wind on one side of the boat, then you're eventually either going to hit something which in this case was the case because we're in the Great Barrier Reef, or you're going to be way off course. So then you have to tack, which means you change course and get the wind on the other side of the boat and, and slowly you work your way up and you're trying to keep going, like keep course as sharp into the wind as you can. Anyways, we're tacking so much and you can't really tack alone. So at night, we'd had, sometimes we'd had to go to, through really like, really narrow channels and then one person would stay up and like really like just crash at the crash in the in the cockpit and and then for example i would be sailing and i too would be crashing and then i go like i wake up please i know we got a tech and then he would be like 
way disorients it, <laughs> disorients it. I'm like, oh, well, what are we doing? Okay. And he helps me tack in and he sort of sits or lies down again and he's gone in an instant. <laughs> and I don't know, these moments are so good and, and I, can't, I can't really explain it. I'm trying to explain the emotional side of it as well, but that was really nice. Um, also, also moments where, where we're in heavy storms and we have the music playing loud and reggae or something and it's like we're smashing through storms and, and, and we all have a little moment of like a little dance or, or singing along with the music and it's just, I don't know, it's very connecting I think going through adventures together. So um, I feel like I'm forgetting something of this, of this story but I might, I might pop back to, to my mind later. Anyways, um, Bob's cooking amazing food for us. That's an important, um, important part of it. Uh, the last day, so we're about 80 mile, nautical miles away from, from the tip. The tip is, uh, it's called, the, the whole tip, like the peninsula is called Cape York. The channel between Australia and um, and Papua New Guinea is called Torres Strait. A strait is when two oceans meet together. So in this in this case, the uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, um, so like the Pacific and the uh, Indian Ocean, but it doesn't really matter. Anyways, we've got 100 nautical miles, which is about 100 or like 80 nautical miles, which is about 160 kilometers to the tip. The wind changed a little bit. The wind wind direction so we had beam winds which is wind from the side so you don't have to tack all the time we'd have to we had a text sometimes but not too much and um we had a few issues along the way like a lot of stuff was broken on the, on the boats like from the navigation would shut off sometimes we had it like you've got the rigging the rigging is like all are all the uh, steel cables keeping the mast up they're connected to them to the mast mast and uh, they're keeping the mast up. So if they're gone, the mast is just going gonna to break and, and come down. So they're fairly important, you would say. And, and then there's one part of the rigging, which is called the baby state. And that was, so it's like a weaved, uh, like weaved steel cables together. So it's like, a, like let's say 20 or, or 30 steel cables. And they were all, all broken. It was hanging on to like two, two threads of steel. And, uh, well, the, the fuel gauge was fucked. We didn't know how much fuel we had left. The navigation was off. Uh, we couldn't, the, the reefing system of the mainsail was broken. The uh, hat sail reefing system stopped sometimes, so we couldn't fill that in either. And the problem is when you got all, sail out, all of your sail out and you get a storm, you're pretty fucked. Like, that's, that's the, one of the worst situations in a storm. So if you can reef it in, it's, you, kinda, you can kind of wait out the storm, but then that's like so dangerous because you catch all the wind. And these are pretty like serious storms, like 40 knots is, is wind force, wind force nine, which is uh, like 70, 70 kilometers an hour wind speeds. Um, and especially with the water and the swell and everything, it's, it's a strong force and uh, fucking nature, man. <laughs> Uh, there is a b bunch of other things at the, with the boat, but I can't remember them now. 
and uh, we hit a storm in the morning. So it starts like the first storms coming at like seven or six or seven or eight in the morning and they wouldn't stop. It would just be storm after storm after storm. And at some point we're all really tired and it's like, I kind of, at some point I was like, okay, I think we need to do something about it, but because like, we don't know where we're going and we're in cyclone season. We don't know what's going on. There's these clay, crazy cloud formations coming up on the, uh, over the overland. And we didn't like, I had no, idea. I had never seen those cloud formations before. So, um, <laughs> sorry. So Glenn, at some point, he's like, at, at the, so I go, I run down to the navigation, I check the navigation, and I see a boat approaching us, like a, a cargo container ship, and I want to I wanna go run upstairs, and at that moment, Glenn's like, hey, we should, we should call them and ask them for, the, for a live forecast, which is really weird, like it felt so weird for me, because I just wanted to say that to him, and we had never, we had not done that before. So it's really weird, and we call the we call we call the ship, and it, we're already in storms and like heavy rain and, and and all of that shit, and we can hardly reach this guy. So by the time we got really close, it was easy to reach him. It took like half an hour, no, it took like twenty minutes or something to reach the captain. The captain comes out, and we go like, "Hey, what is the, what is the situation? What's going on? We're, we want to go to Darwin," and he's like. Like the tone of his voice was just like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? You're in cyclone season. You are." not being very responsible with your lives like and he just gave us an, a, a weather update and he was like the more north you get the more you approach the Torres Straits the more serious the weather will get uh, the more of this weather you'll get and uh, the heavier it is uh, if you come around the tip there's a depression first there's a depre depression building over the east and there is a very heavy depression uh, building over at the gulf and the gulf is in the west like in the like coming around the tip then we would be in like uh, in a gulf in in a in an open sea and he was like there's a very big depression building uh, over at the west possibly uh, possibly uh, turning into a cyclone so just so you know and we're like okay where is our nearest safe haven and he was like that's on uh thursday island uh in the Torres Strait, or all the way back down 200 nautical miles down and that would be the worst nightmare to go back down because i mean we'd be fast with the wind in our back, but it would be, we, like, we were already going through this, like, it took us eight days or something to get where we were at that moment, so we're like, okay, we, well, thank, we thanked the guy, and he was like, well, guys, you're in, uh, in northern Queensland, uh, in the middle of cyclone season, northern Queensland uh, waters, and this is what you get out here, like serious conditions. And it's actually really dangerous what you're doing. Good luck with your trip or something like that. And welcome to Australia. And we're like, well, thanks. Thanks, man. That's very helpful. So he really warned us. And it kind of, it kind of stirred me up a little bit. And uh, it made me very ca cautious. And I was like, fuck, okay, what, like, what's next? And, and then at that moment, Bob walked up to me and I was a little worried and I look over to, like we, we talk a little bit and I look over to my right and there's these dolphins and they swim along with us. And Glenn had told, told us earlier, if you see dolphins and if they swim along with the boat, it means good voyage. And in that moment, it's crazy what, what it sort of hope does or, or something that something to hold on to, just like a belief or, or faith or something or faith or something. Because at that moment, it's like, okay, I'm going to trust that it's all going to work out because of these dolphins and because of the, like the, 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 uh, the myth, like mythology or myth or whatever about, um, it's not a myth, but like the story about the dolphins. 
So we run up to the deck to see the dolphins and Bob comes up to, up to the deck as well. And we have a chat and we're like, bro, what the fuck are we actually doing? Like, we have no idea what we got ourselves into. Like, we don't know, is this really that dangerous? Because we kind of felt comfortable all the time because Glenn seemed to be comfortable with me. He's a fucking pirate. And uh, we're not. <laughs> we're just learning how to sail. And it's like, what are we actually doing? Like, is it like... And then we were like, yeah, we kind of know that other people would use safety vests like up from 20 knots and from 20 knots and above, people would like not recommend to go sailing anymore and stuff. We're going through, I reckon we're going through pre pretty serious weather and everything, you know? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> and then we just crack up. And we're like, what did we get ourselves into this time? You know, why, why do we always get ourselves into these crazy situations? Anyways. Glenn calls, calls out our name and we come back to the cockpit and he goes like, all right, boys, uh, sit down. We have, to, we have to talk and we all sit down. He goes like, the next 30 hours up to the Torres Strait is going to be serious work. If you need to get some rest, get some rest now. And then we all, we're, it's going to be heavier and heavier the more north we go, like the more we approach the tip. We're going to have to look where we can, can, where we can find anchorage or any safe haven or something to stock up because we're out of food. The boat's, in, the boat's getting ripped apart. Uh, we probably have not much fuel left if we have to motor, and that's a very important, important part if there's, like, that's, that's, like, one of your biggest securities, having fuel, because with a motor, with an engine, you can get yourself out of dangerous situations or something, but, like, with a sail, it can only get gnarlier than it already was. So, and there's a bunch of those things that we need to go uh, to a safe haven for, and um, so we... Uh, we sit down together and and we have it we're all pretty like shooked sh shooked shaked shaked up we're all pretty awake and uh very aware and like okay this is gonna get serious and and then we're just chatting a little bit and then glenn hammers down down the first bottle of red wine and half an hour later he he kills the second and it's just really weird because at some point like it felt like the a depression was 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 building up around us like the weather but also on the boats and he started really going down all his traumas and all the things that had happened in his past and talking about those and the boys were listening to Glenn and I was just looking out as like being kind of worried about what the what the guy had said before on over the radio over the radio call and just the weather around us and being in a storm and it's like this boat's falling apart. We don't even know where the fuck we're going. Like we don't even know the island. We don't know if we can reach it. And Glenn was like, well, if we can't reach it, if we can't get there because it's gonna be too dangerous or too hectic or, or anything, we're gonna have to turn around and sail all the way back down. So I was just like, I couldn't listen. Also, I couldn't hear it because of the winds. And I was on the, I was on the helm, like I was steering the boat so I couldn't sit next to them. And at some point, so I wouldn't get, I won't get too technical, but there's a weather helm and, and it indicates how your, how efficient your boat is sailing. And it wasn't, we had weather helm a little bit too much. So our boat wasn't sailing as efficiently and Glenn cracks a joke and he's like, what are you sailor or something like that. And I, that was the moment. And then Bob started laughing and, and that was the moment I sort of snapped and I was like, what the fuck? And then, uh, or it didn't snap, but it was a moment for me when, when I, when my frustration came out a little bit, I was like, what the fuck, you know? And then I took the boys down and we had a talk and I was like, you know what the fuck's going on? Like, have you paid attention at all? And I was, I'm going to be honest, I was 
what I was worried about is that we clearly didn't know what we're doing. We have an experienced captain uh, on the radio on a radio call warning us for what the fuck we're doing. We had someone else tell us before with experience that he had life-threatening situations and explaining what happened to him before and how he how everything became so like what was so dangerous about it and and how it all could shift and glenn at that moment sharing stories about like his 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 past and going like ah yeah if i die i die like like it it's just if the time's there then the time is there you know like um like he like he didn't really care about wanting to live and i do so I took the boys down and I explained everything. I was like, okay, we, we don't know what's going on, boys. And I don't fucking care. But I want you guys to be shot because he's getting fucking pissed off his head. And now I'm, I feel like I'm the only one responsible right now that's trying to look out over everything. But I'm fucking tired. I slept the least amount of hours I have for the past years. Um, I miss my mother. I'm hungry. <laughs> no anyways it's just, it was a pretty intense moment and then the boys were like okay and then I was like you know boys as soon as we get to Thursday Island I'm off I'm gonna quit my mission I'm not gonna continue to Darwin and uh, I just don't feel like I don't feel like it's it, I don't even know what we're doing we don't know this guy that well even though he has a great heart and as in like he really is trying to care for us and teach us sailing and he's taught us a lot but it's like I don't trust the situation that I'm in anymore and I don't I don't want to put my life at risk. This was a moment to me, it was not like that I was really afraid to die, but it was a moment that I was like, it's not worth it to potentially die or something serious to happen to just wanting to learn how to sail and sail boats in Indonesia in the worst season ever where everyone is warning you. And to me, there was a little bit of a wake-up call, like this is not worth it. I've got more to do in my life than sailing a boat and dying and trying to share a awesome story or a cool story with you guys <laughs> so uh the boys were like holy shit yeah he, he's serious like he's not so happy and uh they started understanding what i meant and they were like holy shit yeah that's true and i was the one who heard the whole like radio conversation and i was there with the radio and uh the boys weren't so i explained everything that he had said as well and then the boys were like okay Let's get our shit together and smash through it. And then the next 30 hours were, yeah, were pretty full on. There's a lot of storms at some point, especially when we approached the north. So it's like the Torres Strait. So there was a depression building on the west. And then that is like the wind from that depression sort of like spits out. It comes right to the Torres Strait. And the Torres Strait is like is two tips of, of land. So the Papua New Guinea again and Australia coming together, they're nearly joining each other. So then that, that wind from, uh, from the west sort of acts as a funnel. So it kind of got pressed together and spit it out, uh, out of the Torres Strait. So the more you approach the Torres Strait, the, 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 the more gnarly the wind gets. And as we're approaching it, it was just wind and current and, and it was dark and fucking, it was raining all the time and we're all super sleep deprived. And um, I found it hard. I found it pretty hard <laughs> and because everyone was asleep at some point and I was trying to, I had to bring in the sails at some point because it was too narrow of a channel that we couldn't sail through. And then it was so much current that I, I, turned, I turned on the engine the motor and try to motor through it 
but we're only going half a knot because the, the current was so strong. So we only made like, um, wait, what is it? Like not even a kilometer an hour of ground speed. So we're kind of <laughs> like snailing <laughs> through the channel. And uh, after that, I think when we got out of the, the channel, the other boys, everyone woke up and I crashed. I went to bed and then I woke up and when jumped on a navigation and we're going through all these channels again and trying to find anchorage and getting to our safe haven and then they were all up we're going still we're still going through storms the sun, the sun had come up already and everything and they're just they looked so sad they're like they're we're in a tropical area and they're fully rugged up in in winter sailing clothes and they're all they're all cold and they're all shivering Glenn is wearing safety glasses because the, the rain is slamming into his face and he can't see because, because the rain hurts so bad. And uh, it's a pretty interesting situation. Then we pulled up to Thursday Island and, and the day after we reorganized each other, uh, ourselves and, and had chats, walked around the island. We calmed down a little bit and uh, then it was just, we just had an honest conversation of like, what is it worth it to us and do we really want to do this and what do we want to do is this for and like are we gonna keep going and i was convinced that I, I wasn't gonna keep going and bob too and i too was sort of considering whether to go or not and then <laughs> the day after we had about 15 we're on our boat we just woke up we're uh, drinking coffee we're having breakfast and everything and um and this boat pulls up. It's a border force police boat with like 15 officials on board. And they go like, you boys get up on the deck. And we all have to go up on the deck and we're sitting on the deck and, and they're going like, do you guys have any weapons, any drugs and this and that? And we're like, nah, do you guys have any weapons? Nah, you guys have any weapons? Nah, <laughs> like, okay, we're coming on your boat. So they jumped on our boat and then they, they like a few guys sort of uh, circled around us on the deck, like three or four guys, and then the rest went down, and like searching through the whole cabin and all the rooms and everything, and then they got our passports, and then we had to sit in the cockpit, and then some other people came out, and they brought out a, a voice recorder, and they started interviewing us and asking us questions about everything. And, uh, and, and, and we're like, what, what's this for, you know? And they wouldn't tell us. And I reckon it took like three hours or something. They took our phones. They needed our code. They searched through our phones and everything. And uh, until after three hours, they, they, they were like, all right, thank you. You guys are all good. And then they left. And that was for us all kind of like, you know, it's just weird because you're with someone that you don't know and you don't know the history. And it's kind of like, what was the, what was all this about like we had already cleared in and normally like maybe if you would come from another country and like you wouldn't clear in first like you wouldn't go to the border force or to the uh um what's it called like yeah i just say border force like then it would maybe make sense that they would just jump i mean it would make sense then that they would jump on onto your boat but we had already cleared in we went to the border force we had let them know that we're there we showed our passports we had not even left international water, like Australian waters or entered international waters. We were all, for all that time, we were still in Australian waters. And then on a Saturday, 
why we found out later that they are they actually don't work on Saturdays unless for special occasions. So because the the one of the officials from the boats we saw her in the bar and then we asked like oh what do you do this and that well we got a whole, we talked about like a whole bunch of things and then we're like okay like why like are you always working on Saturday and she was like nope only special occasions and then that was for us like what what is this about like what do you mean a special occasion and then that kind of really woke us up to like we don't know who we're sailing with and we don't even know sailing and the season and to me that was the sort of the 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 last drop you know that i was like okay i'm not going to continue and uh, then Ito didn't want to continue either and Bob neither so we all uh, we there was a small airplane there's so many more details and so many more things but I'll save you all the details we went to the airplane the airport and we flew down to Cairns and we had we spent two nights together and it was awesome and uh, we talked about everything we laughed about everything like all the funny things that Glenn said and like that there's a bunch of insiders like he would say certain words that we constantly repeat and and like all, like Aussie slang and everything and <laughs> but uh, I turned I flew back to Darling uh, Darling <laughs> Darwin tried to sell the boats somewhat successful we thought it was going to be successful we sort of sold the boat we set up a contract we had the new owner potential owner of the boat coming over about five times to check the boat touching everything taking photos. Rubbing, rubbing his dick on the deck uh great like everything that was like nah he didn't actually do that but it, he's is very interesting and then uh he i took flew to indonesia and i was like fuck um what am i gonna do you know and then i flew back to my friends in byron bay and then when i got back to byron bay this i sent this guy a message like hey what's going on like you've read through the contract or are you gonna send us the money or like what's happening and then he's like no because um uh, onset of back pains uh, of back pain uh, I can't make any commitments towards the purchase of the boat or of the sailing vessel vessel please inform third parties and I was like fuck you so we didn't sell the boat and then to me for me it was a moment that I was like what am I gonna do with my life <laughs> the boys want to quit obviously and I do too I, I'm like I can sort of try pushing it through and everything but it was like an idea of us three together and it didn't feel safe in cycling season we didn't want to do that anymore bob is broke like like broke uh ito has got to go back to holland and now we've got a boat in darwin which costs us like 700 dollars australian dollars more than 700 dollars each month to be there each month to be there and yeah and then I was like, I'm here on the other side of the world. What is going to be my next step? Like, I've been doing this for so many years. Just going to places and doing this and that and then going to a new place. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just starting to get really tired of that. Like, uh, starting to feel, oh, oh, hang on. This is the end of the podcast. So uh, I think this is, gonna, this is the, the, the finishing call of the podcast because there's food ready. <laughs> We've got a new podcast soon. I'm actually working on a few things. So uh, stay up to date <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue coming Saturday or Sunday. Thank you for listening.